Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, something you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Job chapters 20, 21, and 22. So here we are traveling through Job and dealing with these back and forth conversations day after day between Job and his friends. And um, today as we're reading in in this particular passage, um, his friends, I feel as though they're getting uh, uh, progressively more aggressive in their words against him and a little bit more bold each time they speak. Um, Because they think he's not really getting the point. And they very desperately want to make their point which their point is one of Job, you're clearly a stinking, rotten, good-for-nothing. And if you were anything but that, then the Lord would bless you and restore you and make your way straight. And um, so they're kind of preaching that to him. And time and time again, he's (laughs) saying, well, uh, my way has been as straight as it can be, yet it's still errant in comparison to the glorious standard of God, which I'll never live up to. And if only there was some sort of a missing variable that could make up for my um, you know, lack of perfection so that I could be just before God. But currently, though... He slays me, though my life is miserable and wretched. What can I really say about it? That's where Job's at. And so this conversation is going sort of everywhere and nowhere at the same time, it feels like, just around and around in circles. And, um, you know, his friend's words in chapter uh, 20 and uh, then again in 22... Um, if you compare it to some other books, um, even some of the Proverbs and uh, just some other moments when actually people of great wisdom would stand up and speak, the words are not terribly different. Um, You know, things like, if you turn to God, He's going to strengthen you. He's going to, you know... These are actually some some promises and some verses that we that we cling to, and I, I want to continue to make that point about the Book of Job and about his friends' responses, as it wasn't always necessarily what they were saying that was wrong. It was about how they were saying it. It's about when they were saying it, and it's about why they were saying it. You know, and, and so 
so much of what we say isn't necessarily what we say, right? You know, I, I've always, I, I was trying to teach, you know, my son one time that 90% of all communication is non nonverbal. And, you know, he was asking, what does that mean? And, you know, I was saying, well, you know, I don't like what you said, but it wasn't about what you said. It was about the way that you said it. And I think for those of us that, you know, have a, have children or those of us that just have a good amount of conversations with people each day know what I'm talking about. And then, you know, you really know, <laughs> you really know that it was the way that they said it when you try to tell someone else about what someone said. And, and, and it's like, <laughs> the point doesn't get across, you know. It's like, I asked them if I could have a, a refill of my drink. And they said, no, ma'am, I'm sorry. There's no refills allowed. You know, if that's how we tell the story, it doesn't really get its point across. Because in person, the waitress turned her head, set down the picture she was holding, and said, I'm sorry, there's no refills allowed. <laughs> you know, so there's so much of communication that is not really in what we're saying, but how we're saying it, when we're saying it, why we're saying it. And so I want to just kind of bring that back to the forefront of our minds as we're reading through the book of Job, that we're reading words. And sometimes it's hard in, it's hard in just the process of reading words to understand the conversation. Okay. Um, a lot of what they're saying isn't that far off. There's, I mean, it's, 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 it doesn't have the room to understand the sovereignty of God and that he would and that he pretty well does what he pleases but all in all they're trying to say the wicked will eventually perish the godly will eventually flourish make sure you're on the right side of that Job that's what they're saying but they're saying it to a broken man who they know the integrity of deep down and they know that he's not wicked and they're, they're hypocritical and they're boistering to him, you know, and, and they're, they're just agging it on. And so it's really about when they're saying it. This is a time when Job needed a hug and a friend and not necessarily a sermon. Okay. And why are they saying it? Well, to exalt themselves. They're putting him down to exalt themselves. You know, and how are they saying it? They're saying it from from a place of judgment, right? Every, every every single one of these words, you can just read it. It's dripping with judgment upon him. You should do this, and you should do that, and if you already did this, then this would happen. And so, so that's so much of what the problem is with the text, and um, and so in Job's responses, you know that they're not much better you know they're they're not much better as far as you know <laughs> we don't we don't really read them and go amen job you tell them you know job's responses are just from a deep humble place of of just he didn't know he doesn't know why things are happening to him the way that they are but he has such reverence for god that he's saying you know what god pretty well just does what he wants to and I'm not in a place that I get, that I get a say so, and, uh, and and calling it right or wrong, you know. There's he says there's princes, there's kings, there's rulers. They seem to be doing just fine for themselves, you know. 
God, God has a plan for that. You know, and, and the, the reality of, of what Job is saying is true. Are there not people that are wicked? Are there not leaders and uh, those who are of great influence and those who are, you know, politicians and those who are actors and actresses and professional athletes and businessmen and women? And are there not these sort of people that are truly, they have nothing to do with God? They basically say to God, get away from me. I want nothing to do with you. Yet it seems as though they flourish. You know, well, of course there is. There is, right? Now, we know ultimately they're going to end in ruins if they don't know Jesus Christ because while they may flourish for a time, you know, we have no, we have no ability to flourish in the afterlife without having known Jesus as Lord, okay? But there will be people that live uh, very extravagant lives and lives of what we would define as success on this side. They won't, they won't be poor just because they didn't know Jesus. They won't be sick just because they didn't know Jesus, right? The Lord has set this whole thing up to where um, uh, there's free will and he has his own divine purposes for each person. And, you know, it's kind of like how in the gospel it says that it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man. To, to inherit the kingdom, to go to heaven. That, what does that mean? That means that there are going to be people that God has allowed and, and, and to purposed to even become rich and to become powerful and woe to them, basically. Oh, oh how bad that is for you because it's going to be so much harder for you, right? The Bible says, blessed are the poor, right? It's going to be so much harder for you to look past all the things of this world and their temporary value to seek out what has eternal value, right? And, and I just feel like that's Job was tapping into a deeper level of understanding, not just of, of a simpleton's understanding of, you know, those that do to those who do good, good will happen, and to those that do bad, bad will happen. You know, th- that's... That is a spiritual principle of reaping and sowing, but that we must always remember that it's not, with God, it's never two plus two equals four. There's always a variable of God in the midst of everything. God is in the midst of everything. You know, there has been times where people have been sick and we have prayed and believed for them to be healed and they have been made well and they have been strengthened and they have been reestablished. And there have been times that people have been sick and we have prayed for them to be healed and they have died. And we think, what happened there? Well, we prayed, they didn't get hit. Well, no. Well, the reason why is because there's a variable of God. There's a sovereignty of God. God had a plan. That was the end of their days. They were finished. It was time to go home. They were made well. They were totally healed in the truest of forms. They're done with this earthly tent. They've gone on to glory. He, he has answered the church's prayer, but he has certainly done it in his own way. And we have to leave room for that. We have to leave room as, as Jesus prayed, not my will, but yours be done. And if there's any way that this could happen, let it be so. If there's any way this cup could pass for me, if there's any way you could re- reestablish me, if there's any way you could strengthen me, if there's any way you could give me a new job, if there's any way you could you could bless us with a new home, if there's any way that you could give me a new car, but 
but but not my will, but your will be done, because I know you have a purpose and you have a plan, you know, for, for everything of my life. Not everyone who ever did anything impactful for the kingdom of God ever, not, not all of them became wealthy. Many of them didn't. You know, we, we, we just, the reason why I think we under, we, we have a difficulty understanding how bad people could go through good things and good people could go through bad things is that we forget that God's, God's understanding of wealth and success is so different from ours because God truly understands how temporary this side of it is. And all he's after is that people would know him. And understanding the full game plan, you know, it's kind of like a a single play on a on a football field. You know, there's there's eleven guys on each side of the ball. And let's just talk about offense for a second. There's about five or six guys, maybe seven, that are spread out on the offensive line, depending on the play. And the center is going to snap the ball to the quarterback. Well, let's say they're going to run the ball to the right. Ultimately, the goal is to get a first down. The goal is to get a touchdown. That's what they want, okay? But in order to make that happen, that means that one guy is going to have the ball and 10 other guys are going to have a completely different assignment that has nothing to do with the ball. But the, but the coach has drawn up this whole play so that the guy that has the ball has a way to get past the defender's through onto the first down, onto the touchdown, and so there's a whole play. It's not that when the ball is snapped and the, and the ball is handed to the guy with the ball that everyone else takes a break and goes get a drink of water. The guy with the ball would be crushed. He can't go anywhere. So every person <clears throat> has been given a role. Every person has been given a piece of this. Hey, you're going to block this guy, number 56. Hey, this guy, you're going to go long. You're going to distract them. You're going to make them think that it's a pass play. You know, you're, you're going to block. You're going to push this whole block to the right. You're going to, you're going to push this to the left. You guys are going to part the water so there's a hole right in the middle where the running back can run through. My point is everyone has a role to play. So with God being immeasurably more brilliant, than anyone that's ever designed a football play. How much more does he not think that you, the one listening to this podcast today, that you don't have a specific role in the kingdom of God? God has a plan for your life. I can't say that that plan doesn't mean that you make $9 an hour. I don't know that that plan doesn't mean that you're going to make $100,000 this next year. I don't know that 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 plan doesn't mean that that your family is going to go through some things in this next year, right? I do know that God has the ability to get you through anything that you will face and that he has the ability to strengthen and establish and pour out a spiritual and and even even a natural blessing on you if he wills. I know that he's willing to give you all of his Holy Spirit to those who ask of him and how much more could we want than that. I know that he's able to do that, but what we don't know, my point is, what we don't know is our individual role. Okay? It's our individual role. You, you have to look at where you're at and where God has positioned you, where God has ordained this season and this situation in his own sovereign will and use of it uh, of your best opportunity to take the most of it. And, um, and so I feel like Job in his broken, devastated state, with all of his friends accusing him, 
he still knew and he leaned heavily upon the sovereignty of God. I don't know what God's doing, but I know that God knows what he's doing. 